0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Second to None podcast. I am Blaine Gilmer, joined by my co-host, none other than Tavares King. Tavares, it was a jam-packed weekend, and we are here on a reaction Monday. Is there anything better than being able to react to SEC football action?
1: Yeah, it's, it, the only thing that's better than that is being able to, to say dogs on top. You can say that after week one, baby. That's what I'm talking about.
0: TK, for those that are listening via the podcast format, is heavily decked out in his, in his red and black right now. Got the, got the Georgia Bulldog. The, the not, not the G, the traditional Georgia logo. Yeah, old, old school. Which is something you, you got. Logo. Arthur Lynch was talking about on Twitter the other day. Didn't you see, Did you see Arthur the other day?
1: Yeah, I did. Artie Artie says a lot of crazy stuff on Twitter. I'm gonna have to talk to Artie about that.
0: Then, yeah, man, Artie Artie's blowing people up, saying that everybody else's logos are trash, and George's that's the best <laughs> logo ever. Like, you know, he he's he's just speaking his mind out there. But
1: I love he, it. No, I love it.
0: No, Artie Artie's great. And speaking of tight end play, that's something that we're going to talk about with Georgia. Georgia's uh, freshman Brock Bowers stepped up mm-hmm. in that big win over Clemson. And then, of course, you've got other Alabama makes a statement once again. Texas A and M looks sharp with a uh, a new you know breath of life into their offense with Hayes King coming in. Uh, and then Kentucky is explosive as well. Those were the good. We'll get to the, some of the not so good. We have a, peti- a petition that we're going to start to kick a team out of the league. TK oh, yeah. uh, oh, on yeah. this show, we're going to do all that kind of stuff. Um, but we've also covered things like the spreads from the week before, which now we're going to move to our wind- Wednesday shows because Mondays are reaction. So we'll get to the lines and spreads on our Wednesday shows. But here on this reaction Monday, you know, we can say that that. We told everybody that we thought uh, we thought Central Michigan would outright upset Missouri. Didn't quite happen on that, but they did cover that thirteen and a half point spread. And TK, I wanted to go ahead and tell everybody, you know, with those spreads and odds and things like that. Bet Online is the place that you have to go to do it and we want to go ahead and shout out our sponsor of the show Bet Online. It's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get the latest updated odds and props and contests Online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivor contest, is now open at Bet Online. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up for Bet Online today and receive a hundred percent welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo and make a bet on Thursday, this Thursday, September 9th, the opener between the Super Bowl champs, the Buccaneers, and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to twenty five dollars using the promo code NFL one hundred. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. TK, before we get into the college stuff, man, the NFL season's getting going here. You know how? Just tell people in terms of in terms of the intensity when the season gets started. What's the difference like? I mean, you've played in the NFL, you've played in college. Kirby said in in game day the other day that every college game just seems to mean more. But but in terms of in terms of the NFL, I mean, what's the attitude as you get started in the season compared to that attitude getting started in college?
1: Oh man, I, I kind of approached it the same, bro. I it the same. It's a business mindset. You are locked in, you're ready to roll. You're focused on everything that you you know the goals that you set for yourself as well as your teammates. Um, and you're trying to reach those things, man. So um, you're, you're just ready and eager to go, bro. You, you've prepared like all week, or all week. Not, like, not all week, shoot, longer than all week, six weeks probably. Um, and if you're Georgia, a team like Georgia, you've, you've had your longest training camp. So yeah. you're ready, bro. You know, you're ready to get out there and, and showcase your abilities and, and, and get the season underway.
0: As well. so speaking of bet online, you're gonna throw down some NFL action on the on the Buccaneers and Cowboys. I mean, that ought to be easy money for the Buccaneers, I would think, right there. Yeah, I'm gonna have, have been to, trash, gonna, man.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to take uh one Thomas Brady.
0: Uh, <laughs> I think he's done all right in his career. He's he's done some good stuff.
1: Yeah, he's he's all right. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna have to take uh my man Mike Evans and, and the Bucks.
0: There we go. Oh, there we, we go. Well, speaking of some big-time performers, uh, just like Tom Brady and Mike Evans, there were some big-time performances in the SEC, and none bigger. We'll go ahead and touch it right off the bat. In my opinion, there was no bigger performance thrown out there than what the Georgia Bulldogs did to the number three-ranked Clemson Tigers. As your tweet said, not number three, no more. Uh, because Georgia is now going to surpass them and probably, in my opinion, move up to number two in the country behind Alabama, and we'll touch on them shortly. But, TK, just tell everybody, I mean, you've seen this Georgia Bulldog program. Of course, you've been in it, and then you've you've been very up close and personal, know guys that have played there recently and and things of that nature. How dominant was that performance in terms of defensively?
1: It was – one of the most impressive uh, performances I've seen on defense uh, in a long, long time, bro. It was it was very impressive from the from the jump. Those guys were locked in and loaded and trying to get to number five, bro. And now they weren't just trying; they were hitting home. Um, seven sacks is huge, bro. We were doing things that that uh, <clears throat> that kind of put them in situation on offensive. Lines where they, you know, were miscommunicating and things like that, bringing guys off the edge, um, from the secondary, which is why he threw that pick six. So, I mean, we, we, dude, we were dialed in. It was, it was fun to see. Um, Georgia's off, Georgia's defense is really special.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about from a receiver's standpoint yeah. with Justin Ross that route he was running on the pick six by, by. Chris Smith it looked to me like a deeper slant it wasn't like your traditional three step slant it was almost like a like a, a between a slant and a post bringing it in there but from a, a receiver's point of view kind of walk us through when you see a guy like Christopher Smith at safety that you think he's playing that outside leverage and then and then Georgia does that trap coverage almost where they bait outside and then come inside how difficult is, it, is that just kind of walk us through that from a receiver's standpoint yeah
1: yeah so so normally on, from an offensive perspective when when you bring guys from the secondary we have uh what we call side adjustments which are which are quick hitters and i think they had one on uh my buddy just jumped it man he jumped it it was just a great play um i know that we we rolled back uh to two and brought to two deep and brought uh and brought the nickel. Yeah. And, and uh and Buddy just jumped it. He picked it. It was just a perfect play. But from an offensive perspective, man, you want to you uh Justin Ross probably should have flattened that thing out a little more. Um, and it would it would have worked out for him, but I'm glad it worked out for the good guys.
0: Yeah, no, hey, I mean, I just wanted to point that out to people because, you know, it you talked about it in terms of offense, and this transitions to Georgia's offense as well because, you know, not only did they have so many guys out, but you you and Aaron Murray talked about it, and if you didn't hear the conversation between TK, Aaron Murray, and myself, go back in the archives on 365 Sports and on on the podcast and check that out. We talked about how offenses, you know, they take a little while. There's more nuances in offense. There's more timing. There's more adjustments, things like that. Justin Ross has not been – you know, full go and healthy. So his timing with DJ Ua Ungalele was not, you know, 100% there. And then also Georgia, the same thing with JT and their receivers. So I guess everybody knows how impressive the the defensive um, front was. I think that the secondary performed outstanding. They were the ones that had the questions. And you talked about plastering to receivers. They did that. They did that but everybody knows Georgia's defense is elite. Just talk about, you know, what does Georgia have to work on from a guy who's played at, in, at Georgia at the college level? What does Georgia have to work on? Obviously, they're going to get healthier, but what do they mm-hmm. have to work on in terms of becoming more explosive and things like that?
1: Man, you said it. Um, I think we get a lot back in the out of the training room and in the, in the health department. Um, that'll be huge. But honestly, I think that, Coach Munkin Coach is using the weapons that he has, um, mm. and it was good to see. Um, I think that one thing that we can do of and that we'll be able to do more of because we have a stable in the backfield is a lot of play-acting stuff, and our tight ends are going to get a lot of usage. Look for Big O to get a lot of usage. Um,
0: it, going be – ex- was yeah, unbelievable. Bro,
1: my man Brock. Brock, yeah, Brock. Look for him to get involved more. Um he stepped up huge yesterday um look for yeah, just look for guys to get involved, especially off the play action. I feel like that's gonna be huge for us this year we're pound
0: yeah, and there there's like a million different variations off that naked boot the waggle all that kind of stuff that that pro teams and college teams do so georgia definitely is going to utilize a lot of that it seems like and and with that comes some outside zone type stuff and things like that so georgia is definitely going to progress offensively and uh, they they definitely seem to be the the class of the east and now we turn our attention TK to the class of the West and and really the class of college football, it seems right now, is Jeez. Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. I mean, Bryce Young, you know, both of us kind of questioned, okay, is he just going to be able to come in and, and uh, kind of continue that with only having three returning starters for Alabama? But just, TK, I've never – have you ever seen – from a player's point of view, both in the college and NFL, Alabama, it doesn't seem to matter who's in there, who's the trigger man, who's calling their plays because they've got a new offensive coordinator. I've never seen a team that it just consistently has receivers running wide open. Wide open. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's um, – I, I haven't seen anything like it. And, and let me be – let me first apologize to Alabama for even questioning if y'all were still Alabama. Man, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Because y'all, say, y'all, y'all still, y'all still, bevel, baby. Because look here, man. Like you said, when you have got a team that you can just plug and play players, that says a lot about the coaching that's being done, man. You, I, you said it. I mean, they've got guys running butt naked, wide open, um, yeah, o- often, often. Um, so I mean, it's 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 impressive to see. And uh, yeah, Bryce Young looked looked really good, bro. He looked poised he looked prepared um tough so yeah i mean bama's bama is bama
0: yeah and they they get a transfer in jameson williams from ohio state right at receiver what does he do in his first game he goes four catches for 126 yards a touchdown with a long of 94 john mechie six catches 76 yards a touchdown and you know, the, the, of course they're, they've just, got, they're
1: just explosive, man. Yeah, uh, then they've
0: got Cameron Latou, a tight end that's over there looking like, you know, the next coming of Tony Gonzalez or something out there with uh, with his you know, two touchdowns to burst on the scene when everybody was expecting him kind of Billingsley to be that guy. And here comes Latou out of nowhere. So, you know, it it's and Bryce Young obviously picking up right where he left off. He had a better uh debut than you know, picking up right where Alabama left off, and even more so, better because he had a better debut than Mac Jones, better debut mm-hmm. than Jalen Hurts, and a better debut than Tua tonga Valoa. So, I mean, Bryce Young, I still 100% question though with Bryce Young is he going to be, uh, big enough and stout enough when it comes to some of these, some of these sec defenses are going to heat him up and how's he going to hold up over, over time. That's kind of my, my question with Bryce young, but if you give him time at all, if he's able to have some, some, some rhythm to throw the football, watch out because the dude has a, freaking howitzer attached to his his right side of his body and it's uh it's unbelievable i mean the, <laughs> yeah. the dude the dude's five foot eight i mean we talked about kenny you know on another show i was like can he even ride all the rides at disney world you know but but he's <laughs> yeah. out there he's out there slinging that thing you know 75 yards if he wants to i mean he, he's got a cannon so uh yeah, you know he, Jeff, he unleashes it. alabama now I do question how good Miami is after after looking at that because that the defense that Miami played, uh, you know, you've seen Georgia and you've seen Clemson and you've seen Ohio State people like that at least play what looks to be respectable sound defense versus Alabama. They may get beat in a 50 in 50 a ball or a, or a situation where Alabama's just superhuman athletes come down and, and make the plays. But they're at least there in position. Miami was nowhere to be found on a lot of those plays. It was just, it was just, you know, Katie barred the door. They were just, they were just going. But uh, yeah, would you, you? Oh, go ahead.
1: No, no, you got it.
0: My fault. I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, would you agree? Right now, I mean, it, it looks like if if everything goes to plan, it's going to be another matchup in Atlanta. The you know unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Alabama's offense versus Georgia's defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I would have to say right now. Obviously, it's reaction Monday, um, not overreaction Monday, but that's what <laughs> it's looking like. That's what it's looking right, like right now, man. Um, we played well. They they played like themselves, um, but shoot, it's a long season. Long season
0: it is a long season and during that season guys if you want to have some fun with all these picks and things going on you need to make sure to head over to playactionpools.com we're so excited that our pod is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love the most you'll be able to get in on the action with the playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge which is open to everyone guys so here's how it works sign up for our contest the believe football pick'em at playaction pools.com and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 of the highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct is going to win cool prizes like let your sunglasses pair of DC shoes again go and sign up at playactionpools.com using believe that's B L E A V football pick them and play, if you plan on hosting your own football contest make sure to use playactionpools.com today. They've got survivor pick them well it, as sports book style concepts called build your own bankroll play action pools your home for all your office sports pools so excited to have play action pools with us but TK, I wanted to say, you know, we talked about it's Reaction Monday. We talked about it looks like to be a foregone conclusion with Alabama and Georgia uh, meeting in that SEC championship. But two programs I think that I was – the only other two programs that I was impressed with in week one, honestly, and I think you're going to have the most to say about it, Texas A&M and Kentucky. Texas A&M on the west, of course, with an October 9th showdown, looming with Alabama and College Station. And then Kentucky, I think, with an uh, a – october 16th matchup against uh, the georgia bulldogs coming up and that's after georgia plays an auburn team that we'll talk about that played better than we thought so the gauntlet of the sec is still there each week they're uh, georgia and alabama are going to have challenges but just kind of talk about what did you see out of out of a and m kentucky maybe kentucky's uh, offense man it kentucky actually knows how to throw a forward pass what do you know about that i mean it's crazy (laughs)
1: Bro, uh Will Levis 18 for 26, 367 yards, four tuggies.
0: And That's more pick- than they threw for all last year, isn't it? Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: Will Levis was out there throwing the ball around, man. Uh Kentucky looked like a different Kentucky. Um again, it's week one, so I'm I'm excited. I was I was kinda intrigued at what they were gonna throw out there too, uh as well. So it was cool cool to see them spin a ball around like that. It's something that they hadn't been able to do in a while. So so uh, you know, hats off to those cats for being able to come out of there with a with a big dub against uh, Louisiana Monroe.
0: Yeah, and you know, this is a program, TK, under Mark Stoops that this past year they put six guys in the league. Uh, six Kentucky Wildcats were drafted. Like I said, you've played in the you you got drafted. You've played in the league. Talk about how how good of a program do you have to have for six players to get drafted in one year out of that program?
1: Well, I mean, that's big, man. It's huge. It says a lot about the culture. It says a lot about the type of guys that you have, not not only on the coaching staff, but on that team. Um, if you can get six guys drafted, um, that's tough, man. Being drafted in itself is tough. But if you get six from one school, that means you've got some players in the building. Um, so that alone speaks for itself and, and says that, you know, I feel like they're kind of on the rise a little bit in the sense of, um, recruiting, as well as, like I said, making making turning players into NFL players.
0: So yeah, the, the, uh, the under Mark Stoops, the recruiting's there, the developments there, the defense has been there. Kentucky and Georgia, just the pat. Remember the the uh, game with DeAndre Swift in the in the rain, where it was just a slugfest between yeah. Georgia and Kentucky. That defense has been there. They had literally no quarterback for the last two years. I mean, it's just been crazy. Now Will Levis comes in. Tk, I think I saw a stat where Kentucky had ten passes over thirty yards all of last season. All of last season, they had they had I think six yesterday. So uh, really? over, over thirty yards. So when you're being able to be more explosive like that, honestly, that's what Georgia's trying to do. They're trying to be more explosive. So Kentucky looks to be kind of in that same vein as Georgia, a team that's always played good defense, always. Recruited well for where they are now. Kentucky's not recruiting nearly on the level of Georgia, but they kind of a program they're almost modeling themselves after it seems. Um, So that that's going to be a big showdown in the SEC East when that comes up for sure. Now turning our attention to the SEC West, Texas A&M, Haynes King at quarterback now taking over in that Jimbo Fisher offense, and they handle business versus Kent State, forty-one to ten. There was some inconsistencies, some things like that, but uh, TK before we you know pick them apart too hard. You talked about as a player, you know, when you guys did it against Buffalo, I think in your career, when you're a when you're a, a heavy, heavily favored team, you know, you're not going to be maybe the sharpest right off the bat. And and to be fair, those guys are excited about their opener too, but overall I thought Texas A&M was pretty pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, they were they were pretty impressive and and to your point, you're not going to be and that's for every team that played week 1 football um Alabama. You're not, you're, yeah, yeah well yeah hell yeah <laughs> you're you're not gonna be rolling man you're not gonna be rolling like that um you're gonna have penalties you're gonna have miscues guys are gonna miss assignments um but you gotta overcome come those things and and obviously get back to who you are and, and and they were able to do that and make some plays um I think that that offense is gonna be explosive I think that. Um, I think that the Q is 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 very explosive both running and throwing the ball. Um I think that they have an opportunity too. They might, bro, they might as they get better, um they might we talked about them, you know, being, getting over that hump of beating Bama. They might just kidding.
0: Yeah, they ain't
1: ain't ready. (laughs) Well, I will
0: say this. One common thread that has been with the teams in the past that have beaten Alabama, right, Uh, when Johnny Manziel beat Alabama, when, you know, Dak Prescott at Mississippi State took down Alabama, and then also Bo Wallace at Ole Miss twice, Mm -hmm. I think, with Hugh Freeze. All are mobile quarterbacks, right? All are able to extend. Haynes King has true 4-5 speed. They were running – you know, triple option type stuff in the backfield, two backs, one going in front, one being a pitch man. Um, he's able to extend plays. And he's also keeping his eyes downfield a lot like we talked about with Joe Milton in Tennessee. And we'll get to their uh, performance in a minute. But Haynes King, you know, was a he. he's a mobile guy. He's a guy who has has a strong arm. He was very accurate in the intermediate game where Texas a struggled was the deep ball, right? He, he was overthrowing a lot of deep balls, missed on things like that, but that comes with timing and that comes with things like that. Um, you know, but I, I just think that when I'm really impressed with is when you have, you're have the ability to line up Aniah Smith and Isaiah Spiller in different spots, go two backs, and then throw Jalen Wiedemeyer in there, and they're they're able to go so many different formations and sets, and Haynes King is able to extend plays with his legs. That offense seems like one to me that's set up to have success against Alabama, which, let's be honest, Alabama defensively, they're supposed to be a lot better this year, but in the past few years has struggled a little bit defensively. So maybe that's something Texas a can take advantage of when that October 9th matchup comes around.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely something to – uh to keep our eyes on and, and to your point um, those deep balls are hard hard to connect on early on bro again like Murray and I missed on several early on so I think that'll come and they were priding him all spring all fall on his deep ball accuracy so I think it's there um, I think it'll come
0: maybe a little geeked up in front of the 12th yeah man maybe hearing.
1: yeah maybe he was just a little juice had an extra five or ten yards
0: on that thing. That's it. He's he's letting that fly. I was, I was like my my first my first uh, uh, time in college. I was I was playing uh, getting ready for seven on seven. We're going through, and I had a guy who he was a six year guy. He'd been there forever, and we were going through like routes <laughs> routes on air drills. And five of us, five quarterbacks at a time, you know, getting ready to throw for right. all five routes. We had one quarterback that held to the football right. And it's, it's a first way he held on to it in seven on seven. He's like, Oh, something happened. I was like, he was like, what are you talking about? Something (laughs) happened. He goes, fire the, fire the fricking pigskin. It's right. It's on air. So, you know, you never know crazy things happen when you've got adrenaline flowing and that was in practice. So who knows what Haynes King was feeling in his first start there at college college station.
1: He was trying to let it rip, man.
0: That's it. That's it. Now. So we've talked about the impressive teams, you know, Mm -hmm. Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, and of course, kentucky now i i most of the teams kind of did their thing we'll run through run through the scores really quickly here in terms of the teams that were kind of status quo arkansas nothing crazy 38 17 they took care of business tennessee 38 to 6 over bowling green they didn't cover the 34 and a half which we told you they wouldn't cover the 34 and a half tennessee's joe milton still wasn't he wasn't as impressive as we thought he would be only 140 passing yards very inaccurate at times. That Tennessee offense bogged down still. So, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Jury's still out in Tennessee, but still a 38 to 6, nothing to sneeze at on their victory. Then we had we talked about Missouri. They were able to win by 10. They didn't cover the 13 and a half, which we told you they wouldn't cover the 13 and a half on that. So South Carolina beats Eastern Illinois 46 to nothing. Old Zeb Nolan. Zeb Nolan my God. Four tutties over there for – so the the GA turned QB1 has a nice performance. But then one I did want to talk about, Florida 35-14 to over FAU. And they gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter. So it was 21 nothing in the third quarter, Florida over FAU. Not exactly the point spread you would think with the Florida program who was in the SEC championship last year. Everyone's heralded Emory Jones, but – TK Emery Jones gets, ends up getting pulled uh, in the in the first in the, I think he was 17 and 27, 113 mm-hmm. yards, two interceptions. What right. does that you've probably been a part of teams where there's quarterback controversies and maybe happens early in the season? What does that do to the psyche of the team where okay, all offseason it's been here's our guy, and in the first game he gets he gets pulled and then backup comes in. I mean, does that does that change things, dynamics for skill guys and everything around?
1: bro sometimes it's funny in that aspect sometimes you you got guys that roll with the twos roll with the ones and they and they like that that two quarterback so so guys might like Anthony Richardson you know what i'm saying so um when you when you go um one to jones one tug two two picks when you're throwing picks and and having a rough outing bro uh again i think i've said it before or on our, on one of our shows the coach the coaching staff is going to put in who they think is going to get the job done and as a player you you as a receiver you got to only respect that and, and then especially when he's getting you the ball making plays um now Anthony Richardson is more of a runner uh you know 160, 160 yards, yards on the, yards. Yeah, 160 <laughs> yards on the ground but uh as a receiver I'm kind of like dang, bro throw the ball but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. but but hey I, I'm trying to win at the end of the day so
0: Uh, And that man streaking down the sideline at 6'4", 236. We talked about this with Joe Milton, you know, when Joe Milton was able to run. But but Anthony Richardson's out there just running, blowing by folks at that size. He may end up, you know, taking this job from Emory Jones if he can provide that. If if the passing game isn't going to be there to the level of what Kyle Trask was able to do, which it's apparent that it's not because Kyle Trask was phenomenally accurate – the last two years for Florida that doesn't seem to be where the game is headed. Dan Mullen has a lot of experience with running quarterbacks in the past. Think of uh, Tim Tebow, think of uh, Alex Smith, all the way back to his Utah days, but Dan Mullen. So Anthony Richardson may fit this mold better for, uh, for Florida, but I, I, would you agree that not a, not a very impressive showing overall for the, for the Florida Gators?
1: Um, yeah, not, 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 not a good look for them. Uh, like you said, that's what I expected that spread to look look a little bit bigger.
0: Yeah. Speaking of a spread, we we said all last week we got to admit we were wrong on one. Tk, we said all last yeah, week that's thirty. Me. We all. Me too, man. We we said thirty seven points was asinine to give uh, an Auburn offense that hadn't really done anything. But here comes Bo Nix throwing for two seventy five. Tank Bigsby with 119 and they hang a 60 piece up on up on Akron, man. So and I know Akron is literally one of the worst football programs that God Green Earth has ever seen right now. But uh Auburn still, when you hang 60 points, you just gotta tip your hat and say, Hey, we were wrong on that one.
1: Yeah, that's all I can do. I mean, obviously goes Bobo had those guys ready to roll. And and uh, you know, like I said, we week, week one is normally not you ain't gonna hang sixty on somebody in week one, but dang, they did it. So hats off to those cat. I was wrong. Um, was that the only one I was wrong on?
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, other than we said Central Michigan was gonna win outright versus Missouri, but uh, and they see, didn't. I mean, but but they, they did for, cover and the...
1: they won. For my bet bet on liners, they won. Yeah,
0: they won. <laughs> now two teams that to kind of wrap us up before we talk about the Old Miss and Louisville game that will be taking place tonight we got to talk about this LSU squad, man. Uh, LSU loses on the road to UCLA, taking nothing away from Chip Kelly and his bunch because, man, they they had running backs and quarterbacks. You know, Thomas Robinson looked great at quarterback. They had uh, Charbonnet, who was running like a grown man out there, breaking tackles and things like that. But LSU, TK, when you talk about Ed Orgeron, he caught lightning in a bottle with Joe Burrow. had had you know, Jamar Chase uh, there at receiver, uh, just a bevy of weapons there. Randy Moss's you know, Randy Moss's son playing tight end. I mean, he had a lot of lot of weapons there. Clyde Edwards-Elair at running back, who's now with the Chiefs. But since those guys have moved on. And subsequently, Joe Brady moves on his the offensive coordinator with the Panthers. Dave Aranda is now the the from it was his DC that year and, and moves on to Baylor as the head coach. They went through Bo Polini last year. It was horrendous on defense. You know, I mean, now it's no better this year, it appears. So you I just want to get your perspective on this because you are used to when you played in the SEC and and you know, just Throughout the history, we're used to LSU being a tough defense. I mean, LSU. 100%. 100%. And and what do you think when you see see how they played against UCLA this weekend?
1: Man, watching watching those clips, watching that game, and then going back and watching those clips, I was like, that is not LSU. From a from, a, from an offensive perspective and defensive perspective, they haven't looked the same since Joe Brady left. But from a defensive perspective, bro, they were getting ran on like it was nobody's business. As well as missing tackles, um, busted coverages. So I was just—it was—it um, was a little bit uh, weird to see. Like you said, um, we're used to a hard-nosed, aggressive uh, defensive ends that are nasty yeah. LSU team, and and not seeing that is is kind of odd. So I think if they're gonna, man, if they're gonna be this, the seats kind of hot for for Coach O right now um in a in a sense, i mean, if you if you think about the offense not being able to do anything, um, shoot, dude, i th- I think it's I think it's gonna be a tough year for those cats.
0: Yeah, and everybody was uh, kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt, saying, "Well, COVID may have messed with the defense last year and some of the, all that kind of stuff." So, kind of throw that out. But then the first game, right off the bat, it looks no. I mean, I'm just talking about simple stuff like play action, tight end drag routes, safeties not picking it up. Uh, the, the, what really yeah, bothers uh, me to, is the. What really bothers me is the tackling. Uh, when you yeah. when you're When you're on offense, right? When you're an offensive player and you see your defense struggling to tackle, just can't stop people, does that make you put more pressure on yourself? On Max Johnson in the offense, do they, do you think they shouldered more burden and said, hey, you know, our defense is just sucking up a storm right now? We got to, we got to go score every time. Does that put a bigger burden on you?
1: Um, I feel like unconsciously it does. Um, but, Every time you go out on offense, you're trying to put points on the board where there's three or three or seven. You're trying to come off the field with points on the board and end and it with a kick, a PAT or a field goal. So, no, I don't feel like pressure should be added, but you know, unconsciously, you're trying, you're thinking like, damn, we've got to go out here and make plays when your defense is struggling and they're giving up points and they're giving up yards after yard and you're in, a, you know, crappy field position you you're, you're de- that's definitely in your mind you're thinking gotta make a play gotta make a big play and sometimes th- things are forced you try to throw that thing with your left hand behind your back
0: <laughs> yeah you, try to, you trying yeah, to you, trying to make Jared Lorenzen plays out yeah, there yeah, you try to,
1: sometimes you try to do one of those but but no man it's um it, 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 yeah to, to to answer that in short it, it definitely you definitely try to do a little more from everybody's perspective.
0: Well, you know, in the in the scheme of things, you do it, it, Like we said, it's not overreaction Monday LSU. It's one game. It's a non-conference game. So you know, technically, just like if Georgia would have lost to Clemson, everything's still out there in front of them. But they've got to get the defense uh, shored up there. They they have a couple cupcake games coming up. You would think McNeese State and Central Michigan coming to LSU over the next couple of weeks, and then they go on the road. To Starkville, Mississippi State, which we're not Extra even Central Michigan waste. is
1: not a cupcake though.
0: Well, it's not a cupcake, but I and mean, they get and
1: they get and they get their coach back, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah, Jim McElwain. That's true. So who knows? They may end up losing if they lose to Central Michigan. Edo is that's 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 it, man. It's going to be done. But bro, uh, after
1: after after the natty, a couple of years, no, he ain't going. He, they ain't him
0: like that. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I mean it's, hot.
1: This, it's hot. It's, it's hot. It's seats hot. It's hot. It'll be yeah. hot.
0: It's what have you done for me lately here, TK, with all the with college football today, it seems like. And I, I don't know uh, when you're that bad. But speaking of bad, we're not even going to have to touch on it because of for uh, time purposes here. But Mississippi State <laughs> beats Ella, beats Louisiana Tech by one point. That's all you need to know on that. But here's – I mean, that's just blase. We don't have to throw it out there. I mean, you know, you got Leach still trying to figure stuff out over there, it seems like, in terms of defensively himself. But the last thing before we talk about Ole Miss and Louisville tonight, I wanted to touch on Vanderbilt and our discussion and argument to kick them out of the league after losing 23-3 to to East Tennessee State and only rushing for 85 yards and allowing East Tennessee State 179 yards rushing. They got to go. If you're an SEC program and you lose to East Tennessee State, by 20 points at home, what what's going on? I mean, I don't even understand.
1: They got to go, bro.
0: Yeah, you know, they got go. I, Vanderbilt has never been just a beacon of success, right? But even when you were at Georgia and then, of course, the James Franklin years and things like that, Vanderbilt had some some pride about them. They played with some yeah, pride. Yeah, yeah.
1: Honestly, J- James Franklin really, I feel like, changed that program, bro. Like, when he was there – he had a fire about. I mean, and he still does. He had a fire about him, and those players had a fire about him. Casey Hayward, um, I mean, they had ballers there as well. Like Casey Hayward was a baller. Uh, Jordan Rogers, those those were cats that played with, yeah, intensity, bro. Cunningham
0: so, a couple years they, ago, yeah, yeah, bro. They had they had some pieces.
1: So I don't know what the deal is now, but we might want to swap swap them out with Texas over home.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they they're I I think they need to go like you know. Play in the Sun Belt or something. I mean, it, I don't know what's going on with Vanderbilt, but Clark Lee ha- definitely has his, his uh, work cut out for him. Ken Seals, their starting quarterback through two picks on the night. I mean, it's terrible. But uh, TK, you know, now to, to wrap things up here, the last thing, you know, everybody knows what Matt Corral brings to this Ole Miss uh, offense. He's an electrifying player, but he's always had Lane Kiffin there with him. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, host, you know, with Louisville coming in. But just how big of a deal is that with Lane Kiffin going to be out have, after having tested positive for COVID?
1: That's a big blow, bro. With um, Lane, with Coach Kiffin calling plays um, it, it, and him being a, an amazing play caller, somebody that, um, can can call on the fly, make adjustments, mid-game adjustments. I think it's gonna be a little bit different for um, for Ole Miss from that aspect. Um, that being said, whoever steps into that role, um, that's an audition. <laughs>
0: yeah, no doubt, for real,
1: man, that's an audition on a big stage. So, so it'll be a big moment uh, for them uh, as a, as a team. But I, th- I think as a player, man, you just you you have to roll out there with the game plan in mind um, the game plan is going to be the game plan and you know what that is and you got to execute that to the best of your abilities um, and I think they'll have a they'll have a pretty solid game plan and lane'll have those guys ready to roll whether he's there or not
0: yeah, and the added benefit I think that Ole Miss has is with the ability of Matt Corral to use his legs, and then of course you got uh, Jerry and Ely there in the backfield, who's a, one of the best running backs in the SEC. Um, you know, you can lean on the running game a little bit more, and what they do is a lot of RPO based stuff, anyways. Yeah. Coach, coach Levy is their offensive line coach, who's kind of uh, Lane's understudy, so he'll he'll be calling the plays there. So maybe not that that quarterback connection that Lane Kiffin has, you know, with with Matt Corral, but still expect Ole. Uh, miss to win this one what do you think they do you think even with Lane out did they cover the nine and a half
1: oh yeah uh, uh nine and a half i don't know it might be closer than we think it might be closer than that i'm gonna yeah, say Cunning- no. cunningham
0: gonna say- cunningham the quarterback for louisville that you know Ole miss is terrible on defense so he yeah may- i'm gonna say uh,
1: yeah that for that reason i'm gonna say no because they might score they might score what's the what's the um
0: I don't know the over-under on it. I'll have to, I'd have to look that up. But I, I, I would say whatever it is, take the over.
1: Yeah, 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 100%.
0: All right. Well, guys, that has been Reaction Monday. We've touched on all the SEC games, given our opinion on what happened. Tune in Wednesday for our Wednesday show now. We'll be will be when we look ahead to the next week. We analyze all the spreads. We give our betting picks in terms of uh, who's going to cover, who won't. And then on Friday, TK and I, we talk about we we get some more in depth analysis. We may have a guest on each week. Who knows on the on the Friday show? You never know who's going to pop in. And then of course, um, we we give our picks in terms of our outright winners. So TK uh, week two got a big game coming up with Texas coming to Arkansas after Texas took it to you. Uh, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, which is a good ball team, and a uh, Sark starting off there, right? So you got Stark uh, Sark versus Sam Pittman, two coaches that couldn't be any more uh, different, and uh, you know it's going to be a fun fun matchup. But uh, excited to get get into this week too. Um, you know how how what do you think is going to be be the the big deal going into week two? Is Georgia going to have a hangover going from? Uh, Clemson to, to UAB. Are they gonna sleepwalk a little bit or you think you think they're gonna handle it?
1: No, nah, we'll be at home uh in Sanford Stadium, bro. It'll, it'll be jacked. We got fans back in there. There'll be even more jacked. Um I think I think it'll be a I think it'll be a fun
0: fun evening to be a dog. Absolutely. Well this wraps up the Monday edition, Reaction Monday here on the 2nd to None podcast. Make sure to follow us on, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and here on the 365 YouTube channel. This is part of the Believe Podcast Network and presented by BetOnline and playactionpools.com. And we'll catch you next time on 2nd to None.
1: Life is a highway.
0: And on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Met Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When your
1: space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick vibrant-scented oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage
0: and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick.